0: Hi there, my name's Juanita and you're listening to Addicted to Chaos. Well, fuck me. Uh, We're on episode four. Crazy. I'm actually sticking with this. I can't actually believe it. So I guess I can say as per usual now, because this is my fourth podcast. But as per usual, I'm going to give you guys a quick life update. Okay, so first things first, um, I just want to address The saddest thing. In my last podcast I talked about how I was or had been sleeping with this bodybuilder for the last uh, five months like since uh, August last year. In the past when a sexual agreement between me and another person has ceased it has either been mutual or it has been myself that has called it off or it has been a matter of circumstance like them moving to a different country say that has cut it off. Whereas this is probably the first time that I've had someone call it off without discussing with me first that sounds so fucking narcissistic of me but that's just how it's been like I've always I I tend to and I've said this before I get bored really easily and I don't necessarily No, that's that's a lie I'm just trying to be nice I get bored with people (laughs) so after sleeping with this bodybuilder for the past five months and it going really well really consistent stream of sex and I guess dopamine in my life Um, I get a message from him saying that he has started seeing someone else, um, and he'd like to explore the possibility of, you know, maybe something more with them because I was just, as I said in my last episode, not emotionally into him and I kind of hate myself for it because why am I not? Like, he's great, but I just, I wasn't quite there and so, and you know, to give this person that he started seeing the courtesy, like the same courtesy he gave me when we first started seeing each other um he said that he's just got to cut off he's got to stop seeing me so and that and that's all well and fine um but two two things so one I when I last saw him which was only a couple weeks ago um I told him that I had started a podcast I didn't tell him what it was called or where to find it whatever but I did tell him that I started a podcast and I guess like if you really stalked me enough you'd be able to find like my friends would be able to find it or Just because of the way that the social media algorithms work and everything's fucking linked. It could have just popped up or whatever. So one, I think, did he fucking, between then and now, did he find my podcast and listen to it? Listen to the episode, my last episode, where I talked about how he wasn't fun and how I wasn't emotionally attached. (laughs) Because what a bitch I must have come across as. And like, I completely fucking understand. But okay, so one, my brain is like, did he find that? And is that why he's cut this off? Because it did, it really came kind of all of a sudden, like within the space of five days, he went from, you know, wanting to see me again to saying that he started seeing somebody else. And so I was like, oh, maybe that. And then two, maybe he is, maybe he has just started to see somebody else and I'm just thinking more into it. But guys, I'm more devastated than I thought I was going to be honestly like I, I and it's not that I wasn't I wasn't like I'm not I wasn't emotionally there and, I, and I'm still not I don't think emotionally available for a relationship but I'm kind of having this struggle with myself because I after my ex I slept with a few people and it just wasn't quite doing it for me and so when I met this guy and we started sleeping together, it was fantastic. And I was so fucking happy and so satisfied. And it was just amazing. And so now that I haven't got that again, and because it took me like a couple people to find that after my ex, I'm worried that I'm I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm having having this crisis that I'm not gonna have good sex again for a while. And I'm someone that, looks sex is not a necessity for some people. Uh, it's definitely a necessity for me. And it's not just sex. It needs to be good sex. Like, I uh, I don't know, guys. And I was actually talking to a friend the other day about it. And I kind of came up with the metaphor. (laughs) Pretty much we came to the conclusion that shopping for dick is like shopping for a handbag or a pair of shoes. Like, you've got to be so picky about it. Because a handbag and shoes, like, you can't... I mean, unless you're, like, super fucking rich, and I'm definitely not you you know you've got to you've got to have one that, one or a couple that can go with like everything you know what i mean but like you i guess you don't necessarily want to have like you you got to be picky about it and I, I don't want to have a couple of dicks <laughs> i want to have one dick that's just good okay is that is that fucking too much to ask so yeah after uh it's affecting it's affecting me more than i thought it would uh so that's actually a really interesting kind of emotion that I've almost like unlocked. I don't know. I'm like 23 and I unlocked a new emotion. It's strange. I don't even know what the emotion is, but it's a really different feeling that I felt. Breaking up with my ex after two and a half years, having loved someone for two and a half years and then, you know, ceasing that relationship, that like broke my fucking heart. It just, it hurts so fucking bad. This is different. This is more like a, uh, it's... It's a loss in a different way, but it's still loss. And no matter how stupid you may think it, you know, sex is a, it's not a vital part of our health. I think orgasms are definitely a vital part of our health. I don't know, I'm not a fucking doctor. It's a vital part of my fucking health. So, (laughs) and because I've lost this, I'm just kind of having this crisis and this like I'm struggling to comprehend life without it and you know it's all well and good to have you know a vibrator or a fucking you know sex toy of some sort to get you off but it's really nice being with like another person and doing that together like there's just something about that that I don't think sex toys can beat um and I just I'm kind of devastated (laughs) I'm really devastated, and it's surprising i'm 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 like shocked at myself i don't know crazy, so yes, I firstly just needed to address that my best friend came down from sydney um as i said she was going to and uh, we had so much fun uh we went to a winery and i actually introduced her to a type of wine the sweet jane as i was talking about from lambert estate i think they've renamed it um but when i asked for the sweet jane and i bought a bottle they gave me the right one so i guess they just renamed it i don't know what it's called now but um if you're really that interested you can google it but yeah, I introduced her to that wine, and she really liked it, and the lunch we had was beautiful. It was with my mum as well, because my mum and my best friend get along really well. And then the following day, we went to the beach, and we got Yochi. Fucking love Yochi. Honestly, it's like frozen yogurt, and you know, <laughs> they say it's better for you, but then with the amount of crap that you like pile on top of it, because they've got all these different like topping options that you can put on it, I, it's, it really just becomes the, the same amount of fucking calories as ice cream, to be honest. But anyway, we went and got some yochi, we came back home and I was hosting a girls games night. So, and it was actually really interesting. So not all of my girlfriends came, but like, you know, a good handful of them came and sitting in a room full of girls that are my, that are just my friends, like, okay, some of them are friends with each other, but like, these are friends, these are girlfriends that are my friends who I individually go and hang out with. It was, Really um it was quite it was quite the um the revelation because I have always connected better with males and I just I feel like I have a very <laughs> my best friend disagreed with me but I believe that I have a very masculine energy um and maybe that just resonates more with males and I just get get along better with them um because females are just really quite <clears throat> sometimes but no, all, all of all of the girlfriends that I have in my life now, I think are like I'm definitely finding my people. But it was just really great to like have all of my like not all of my girlfriends, because obviously they didn't all show up, but like to have my girlfriends and just my girlfriends in like the one spot. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm really quite proud of myself for finding girlfriends who I can get along with now and who I like genuinely just care so much about. Um, Pre like when I was in primary school I had a couple girlfriends and some of them I'm still friends with today and I absolutely love them but there were so many of them and I was a part of like groups and I just I just didn't care about a lot of them like you know didn't want to hang out with them individually Same in high school like I jumped from a, from group to group in high school as well And it was it was almost like my whole life I've wanted to make like a super group of girls and okay maybe I can't make a super group of girls but at least I found people from all these different places that I'm now friends with and I can hang out with one on one and they all bring different types of joy into my life and that makes me so happy. And so I guess I'm just, yeah, I'm really proud of myself that I now have girlfriends, crazy. I had successfully finished reading my first novel for the year. So the end of last year and the beginning of this year, I was reading um, Dawn French's A Tiny Bit Marvelous Um, and that book, it was all right. I did quite enjoy it in the end. Um, But I have just finished reading, officially, Grey by L. James. So L. James um, was the person who wrote, uh, like, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed. um, And then also helped direct the movies. Um, So she also, because she got hassled so much about... Because in those books, that was Anastasia, like, the character Anastasia's perspective. Whereas in... um, She got so much hassle for a book to be written on Christian, the character Christian's perspective. um, That then she... Finally did write a book called Grey and I've borrowed it from my stepmom and I've just finished reading that and honestly 100% recommend what a great book like it was just really, really quite insightful. I I haven't actually read all of the the Fifty Shades books because I've seen the movies and I got maybe halfway through the first book Fifty Shades of Grey. And it just pretty much read like the movies. And so I was like, oh, I've already seen the movies. Like I do enjoy, I did enjoy reading the books, but I was like, I knew what was coming. Like I knew what she was thinking in her head, like the character Anastasia. Whereas reading through the book by Grey, it still like went, went through the timeline. But it told it from his side of the story and what he was thinking. And you don't actually get that in the movies. And so I really quite enjoyed reading the book for that reason. Today, I was a model for the first time. Crazy. Uh, My friend had asked me to model for her new entrepreneurial venture that she's uh, been doing and so yeah for the first time I was uh, a model so back in high school I used to have like a small photography business I would photograph a lot of the parties you know high school parties Um, I would do like solo shoots with my friends especially like my dancer friends Um, and I was always the photographer like I am an amateur photographer I just I was like just self-taught I just had an interest I have always had an interest in photography Um, My first tattoo is this is my Canon 700D DSLR camera that I got on my 18th birthday. It's on my forearm It's not the most amazing thing. It's actually kind of ugly, but I love it and I wouldn't change it Um, I definitely don't want to get a cover-up It's a part of me and it has been for the last five years now, which is crazy. Five years since I got my first tattoo Oh my god, I've been an adult for five years. Oh, I don't even want to think about that (laughs) But yeah, so being a model today, that was definitely a very uh, different experience. Um, I did have a lot of fun um, and I also now, not that I didn't respect models beforehand, but I have that much more respect for them because it is exhausting. You might think that standing there and posing or whatever isn't isn't that exhausting, but you know, you've got to walk from place to place, you've got to change you've got to you know you've actually got to like focus on how you look in the photos as well and this is just me as like a fucking amateur who's never done this before like i can't imagine what professional models go through who actually know like everything and that that's their oh it just it was quite exhausting it was so much fun but it was quite exhausting um but yeah fun new experience um being the subject rather than the photographer the last thing I want to talk about before getting into the environmental topics um, is the fact that I am entering a quarter-life crisis. And this probably won't be the last time that I talk about this, but I just want to run through what's been going through my head lately. When I was eight years old, I decided that I wanted to become a fashion designer. And I have spent my life so far working towards that goal. I you know, I've known, I've known how to sew for as long as I can remember. I started drawing, you know, for as long as I can remember. I started designing outfits and making outfits with what small knowledge I had when I was eight years old. Um, design was what I did through high school. I graduated from high school with the ducks in design. So I got the highest grade in my design in year 12. And then I went on to university and I studied a bachelor of creative arts fashion, uh, Major was fashion with a minor in business and marketing from Flinders University. Then straight out of university, um, there was a couple months there where I was still working as like a retail assistant. But then I got a job as a retail store manager because I thought, okay, like this is a company where I can like progress. Um, And I actually did. um, I did apply for a. I guess you you could say like like a design assistant, like a junior designer, slash some that helps out with like social media and that kind of a thing as well. I did apply for that for the company that I was working for, but at the same time that I did that when a pose- when a position was finally available, there was another girl who in the state where head office was, um she also applied for it and um I- we they told they told us that we both blew everybody else out of the water but they told me that um she had ended up getting the job and they did tell me that it was a hard decision but she just slipped through past me and honestly it was quite gut wrenching um but i thought it was you know the reason like okay like this is it is this is the universe telling me that i need to stay here in adelaide and i need to work on and do my own thing and so i started Doing custom dresses, it just kind of fell into my lap, but I realized that I fucking hate doing custom dresses. And I think I spoke about this in my last podcast, like why? But then to actually do what I want to do, and I'm not going to say what I want to do in case someone fucking finds this and like takes it, whatever. But to do what I actually want to do and create the ethical brand that I want to create, um, it means that I have to either save a lot of money first for a few years or, you know, win the lotto or something like that. Um, and then invest in my company to do what I want to do or find investors. And I don't want to find investors. Um, and not because I don't believe in myself. I do believe in myself and I do believe in my vision. And I think that I've got a solid plan. Um, but I'm not completely off with the fairies. Like I do see the risks involved. And if I was to, you know, bring on an investor and for whatever reason, the company that I started went kaput, I the guilt that I would feel would be crippling and I genuinely don't think that I would be able to handle that. So that's why I would rather just invest in myself and maybe save money first or, you know, as I said, win the lottery and then invest um, that money into um, my fashion business because I'm not willing to um, sacrifice my ethics to begin with just so that I can then end up where I want to be. And what I mean by that is companies that are now producing electric cars and they're doing right by the planet and they're being ethical have for many years built up the the um the profits to then put back into the business to do that by producing cars that are fueled on petrol and I guess I'm just I'm not willing to build a brand um that mass produces and makes a lot of profit that way to then you know transition into an ethical environmentally sustainable brand I'm just not willing to compromise on my ethics I don't know maybe I'm completely stupid for thinking like that but my ethics have always been such a strong part of my identity and I do identify very heavily with certain things and when something contradicts my ethics or when you know I'm made to go against my ethics or I, I really struggle with it and I just i find myself going through these like depressive periods because I've done that um for example um I think it was it's coming up in August this year it'll be five years since I shaved my head um to help fight animal cruelty um in like makeup and cosmetics um and it it's it's still it still hurts me the fact that like animals are tested on for medical reasons I do understand it to a degree. But it really pisses me off. And so every time I purchase, you know, my medication for my rheumatoid arthritis, which is what's saving my life at the moment, knowing that, you know, that medication has probably gone through a process where at one stage it's been tested on animals, it really fucking hurts me. And when I think about it too much, it it fucking depresses me and I get really upset about it. Yeah, so my ethics are just not something that I'm willing to compromise on if I can help it and i'm willing to put off my my dream career for a while for my ethics so now i'm just in this phase of my life where i don't know what the fuck i want to do until then and don't know what the fuck i want to how to make that kind of money to then do that and i'm just going through this like fucking existential crisis because in the ultimately nothing matters <laughs> That sounds so stupid and I don't want to get into that right now. But, yeah, I'm just kind of going through, like, I, I I, don't know. I'm going through this really um up and down period at the moment where sometimes I'm so happy and the smallest thing will make me so happy. And then, you know, I'll just start thinking about, like, my career because I identify as someone who... You know, I love to work and I really want to work and I want to work hard. It's just what the fuck do I want to put my energy into that's going to get me to my ultimate goal like later on? I don't fucking know. I also see the saturation in like the whole fashion market and I just get really overwhelmed. And I've spoken about saturation before in my last podcast. but And there's also the fact that Australia might in the next couple of years be headed into a recession and that's not based as off of any research that I've done. It's just because, you know, through COVID, there were so many incentives by the government that were given out. And there were so many, because of COVID, like everything, whatever. And, but now since, since, and since we're recovering from COVID, you know, the cost of living is rising again. It's rising, surpass what it would have supposed to have been if we hadn't gone through COVID. And, you know, the, um, how, housing interest rates are rising, and everything's just fucking rising, and soon no one's going to be able to afford anything except the really rich and So Australia has to go into a recession essentially if nothing if everything can't be leveled out within reason. It's also overwhelming, and I don't know how to comprehend anything anymore, and I think that's all I'm going to talk about on that subject because it's definitely not going to be the last time I talk about my quarter life crisis, but I'm definitely headed into one scary. So now for the actual topic of this podcast, um, I want to talk about um, how to be more environmentally friendly at home and like really fucking easy ways that you can kind of implement into your life. Controversial ways or, you know, not so talked about ways of being more environmentally friendly at home that are so fucking easy. So, I mean, look, you've all heard of like the generic ways that we can be more environmentally friendly. Solar panels slash solar batteries, they're all the rage at the moment using like lithium batteries to store power and then use later like in the winter where there's no sun and whatever. Thrifting, buying secondhand, uh, electric cars, eating less meat, growing your own herbs, shopping local, bringing containers to restaurants so that you don't need to bring a doggy bag, metal straws, using cloths instead of paper towel, and then everybody knows the saying reduce, reuse, recycle. So we all know those things. They're just super standard and generic. Um, I don't know how generic they bring your container to a restaurant in case you need to take food home instead of getting a doggy bag is. But uh, that's just been so generic for me for a few years now. I just take fucking containers with me everywhere. Um, But now I want to talk about the more, uh, the other ways that you can be environmentally friendly at home. And some of them are quite controversial. And I just kind of want to talk about it and give my opinion on it. So the first first one I want to talk about is toothpaste tabs. I didn't actually hear about these until maybe six months ago. So most people use a toothpaste tube and they squeeze out their toothpaste onto their toothbrush. And then they use that product to brush their teeth with. And but then, what do you do with the tube after you've used it? You can't really recycle it because it's got a bunch of still like leftover toothpaste left in it, and there's all different types of plastic that are that make up the um, the toothpaste like tube. Uh, So you can't really recycle it properly. Um, You could. There's probably a company out there that takes them and they can recycle them. But I can tell you right now, most people probably just throw them in the bin, and then it ends up in landfill. And then everybody knows the drill. Plastic doesn't actually, you know degrade into the planet for like years, like hundreds of years or whatever, thousands of years, who knows what it is. But toothpaste tabs, so I use the White Glow toothpaste tabs um, because White Glow are, to my knowledge, a cruelty-free company. Um, So uh, White Glow have these toothpaste tabs. It's a glass jar with a plastic lid. You can both recycle them just in your everyday recycling so long as you take the lid off of the glass jar and then you put it in the recycling. goes towards your normal recycling place and then they do the recycling for you. Really straightforward, easy, easy, easy thing to do. Anyway, so toothpaste tabs are pretty much that. They're little tablets of, I guess, like solid toothpaste that you put in your mouth You chew until it becomes a paste in your mouth and then you brush your teeth. And so I've been using these for the last six months and I absolutely fucking love them. It took me maybe like a month to get used to it because it was like they they are grainy. Obviously, it's a solid. You chew on it and it's like kind of grainy. Um, So, you know, maybe the formula could be worked on or I don't even know. That's that's not my speciality. Um, But. No, I think they're great. And you can either, you know, reuse the jars yourself or you can just recycle the jars afterwards. But essentially like you're using a whole product and like the whole thing. And then if you reuse the jar, you're still using the jar, which is a part of the whole product, or you can recycle the jar. Uh, Whereas like a toothpaste tube is, no, you can't really do that. The second one is Diva cups or menstrual cups. So uh, I haven't used a tampon or a pad in, I want to say like six years or something. I started using them when I was 17, 18, something like that. Um, and they are fantastic. So I used to get my, uh, my diva cups from, um, this website called adventurous Kate, which I think has since I don't know, I couldn't find it on the internet the other day because I need to get myself a new Diva Cup. But these things are the best. It took me a while to figure out how to insert it into my body correctly and it works differently for everybody. So you've just got to really, you know, be persistent with it until it works for you. But once it works for you, it's great. So um, most girls, you would know that uh, tampons, you know, if you leave them in overnight, you're susceptible to toxic shock syndrome and, you know, nobody wants that. Uh, with Diva Cups, you can't get toxic shock syndrome. Uh, you can leave them in overnight, uh, which means you don't ever have to wear a pad either t- Either at night. I fucking hated wearing pads at night. Like the idea that I was slipping around. And, ugh, nah, it's disgusting. I just, meh, no. And so they're also like really great when you're going out, like you don't need to take something else with you. You you literally like take your cup out, you empty it into the toilet. Um, you maybe wipe it with a tissue, insert it back up, and then you know you're good to go. And then every day you should wash it. So I wash mine every day when I'm in the shower on my period. And then once your period's ended for that month, or you know, however long you give yourself a period. I don't know, I'm on the pill, I give myself a period every two months. So after every period though, you then boil the cup and I wash mine with soap as well. Um, and then you're good to go, and they last for up to three years or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, but I think they are absolutely great. They have changed my life, and I 100% recommend. In the beginning, like when I first started using uh, Diva Cups, menstrual cups, um, I wasn't convinced because it was just so frustrating to find the right way to insert it into my body. But essentially, what you do is you like, you like, push your finger into it, you fold it in half, you insert it just a little bit, you let it expand and then you push it all the way to the back so that it's like circ- circling your cervix. I don't know, I think that's what it's called. I should know this, I am a woman. <laughs> but you push it all the way, like back towards like like your tailbone as far as it can go. Um, and yeah, you're good to go. And you know, it just, it takes, it does take a little bit to, to figure out how to get it right. But once you do get it right, you shouldn't really feel it. Um, and it's fantastic, honestly. It also acts like a plug. So even if you do happen to, you know, you are quite heavy that day or whatever, um, you know, I have found that in my experience, it has also acted like a plug. So, you know, my cup could be completely full, but because it has like plugged me, nothing has leaked out, which has been fantastic. The third way to be environmentally friendly is to get a bidet. Uh, so I was actually looking at this, um, the other day, uh, with Um, a friend of mine and we were looking at them online. You can actually get like attachments to your toilet seat for a bidet and uh, yeah, it completely cleans you. And then we were also looking at um, reusable like toilet paper and essentially it's like cloths that have like little snaps on them, like little fasteners and then you roll it up and you can like wash them, but like you put it on your toilet, toilet roll holder like you would toilet paper. But essentially like when you, when you wee you can like just use that and then you can put it in like a basket to then be washed later and then if you poo you would still use like normal toilet paper or if you had a bidet then you could you know also use the because essentially the bidet cleans your whole ass for you to my understanding anyway and then you would just use the cloth to wipe off the water and then you would put it in you know the wash basket again and you would just wash it later Um, not something I would ever consider washing with my clothes it'd be like an individual wash and then I'd Put my thing on a rinse or whatever but um you know it'd save a lot of toilet paper and i do i think it's a really interesting topic actually start that one with your friends fourth one is plants instead of air purifiers so i was actually so because i work for um this plant company here in adelaide um i've learned a lot about plants and the benefits on them um including but not limited to the fact that they purify air and they produce oxygen everybody knows this. it's photosynthesis like we learned this in school guys But I was watching an ad on the um, cable TV when I was at my mum's house like the other week and I was watching it and they were it was it was an advertisement and they were talking about how the air quality in cities and in your house is really bad because of like the chemicals that the man-made products in your house produce. And so that's why you should get like an air purifier or like from the fumes from the car fumes that outside that then enter your home you know, um, and then it's trapped in your house, you should get an air purifier to purify the air in your apartment or your home. But why not get plants? Plants do the same thing. They're just natural. So I have so many plants in my house and I love it. And I love the air that I breathe in my house. And I like to think that um, it's clean. I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, plants instead of air purifiers, the only time that you've really got to be worried about having plants in your home is when you've got an animal that... Uh, where, where the plants can potentially be toxic to them so for example if you've got cats a lot of plants are toxic to cats but it's it's only when they eat them it's only when they ingest them so if your cat doesn't give a fuck about your fake plants that you've got in your house there's a good chance it's not going to care about if you've got live plants in your house however if your cat likes to chew on shit in your house maybe don't get plants maybe that's when you should get an air purifier But I don't have a cat, so I firmly believe in plants over air purifiers. Reusable nappies is the fifth one. Goes hand in hand, kind of, with the reusable toilet paper. Um, When my brother Logan was born, uh, he's now 13, but when he was born, I remember my dad and my stepmom started using reusable nappies. And... You know, what a great idea, by the way. It is, I, I do understand like how it could be like a real hassle with babies because they don't just wee, but they like shit in their nappies as well. And like, I I have like a like a shit phobia. Like I just genuinely, ugh, nah, like I struggle to pick up my dog's poo. I just, ugh, no, no, thank you. So I don't know how well I would go with that. And I know that it is a common thing. Like I know a lot of other people that have done cloth nappies before. And you know, maybe when I have kids of my own one day, I'd like to give it a go. Uh, don't know how long that will last. I would like it to last because, because it is an environmentally friendly way of living and I want to be as environmentally friendly as I can. But then also I've kind of got a shit phobia. So who knows? <laughs> Biodegradable bin bags is the sixth one. So uh, in here in South Australia anyway, um, your local council should be able to provide you with a um like a yearly allowance on biodegradable bin bags and they're only small ones or at least like the ones that i have the ones that my council gave me are only small ones anyway but they're great so instead of putting you know plastic bin liners that you would buy from the shop into your into your bins you could either buy biodegradable bin bags if your council doesn't provide them or get for free from your council these biodegradable bin bags and just use them instead because they're good for the planet A quick one for those of you who use business cards at work or for your independent business. Um, What about digital business cards? So uh, that's something that I have implemented in my place of work. I have created digital business cards for myself and for another representative of my company. Um, Because then you, first of all, you save money because you don't have to continually purchase more business cards, you just update your online thing or your VCF file, however you want to do your digital business card. I've done that a couple of different ways. And then two, you're saving the planet in paper and, you know, uh, all the chemicals that are in inks and stuff by not fucking buying into that market anymore. And I think it's great. It's really quick. It's really easy. If you actually do the VCF file, you can then upload it to your company's website uh, as a media file, and then you can turn that link into a QR code and you can make a an Apple wallet card for your phone so that when somebody wants your business card, you just have to, as you would bring up your wallet, double click the side of your phone and it brings up this QR code. Somebody else scans it and then they have all of your details. And that's just one way to do it. There are other ways where you can get like a tap thing where like you tap somebody else's phone and then they have your VCF file. And pretty pretty much what a VCF file is, every single one of your contacts in your phone that is a VCF file, essentially. Yeah, when I learned about it, I thought it was really interesting. So I educated myself on it and that is what I've implemented in my place of work. And everybody thinks it's so interesting and that's so great. Looks great for me. <laughs> Next on the list is shampoo and conditioning bars. This is one that I have yet to try, mainly because uh, the last time it did a shampoo and conditioner order, I accidentally ordered fucking bulk. And so I still have a shit ton in my cupboard that I've yet to use. Uh, but once they have all run out, um, I will be switching to using, yeah, shampoo and conditioning bars uh, instead of like using the pump, whatever. Because you buy a bar, you use the whole product. Whereas if you buy something that gets like, that comes out of a pump, like a you know, plastic um, bottle, then you then have to recycle that. And if you don't recycle, if you're one of those people... And you're just going to throw it in the bin. It's going to add to landfill. So I think that shampoo and conditioner bars are a really great idea. Um, And I just want to, on that note, say that I do, in fact, recycle uh, the bottles that I have used up that had my shampoo and conditioner in it. And if I don't recycle them, I go on to then reuse it. Like I'll put something else in it. So I, I also, actually, this is another one, buy in bulk. I know that that's like a very generic one as well. I used to be a consultant for Nutramedics, which is like a, a skincare and a makeup brand um, here in Australia and uh, New Zealand. Um, so but you can actually buy cleaning products in bulk from them and then you can like pour it into, you know, whatever container that you have at home. And so I like to buy those products in bulk because one, it's cheaper to it's better for the environment again. Uh, But then, yeah, I'll pour it into, like, a smaller container so that I can then use, say, like, hand soap, for example. Uh, Because you don't want this big fuck-off fucking tub sitting on your vanity that, you know, your vanity probably won't support and doesn't have room for. You can just put it into, like, this little pump. Another one is using a wooden toothbrush. So, as mentioned before, plastic takes forever to fucking break down into the planet. So, plastic toothbrushes, which is pretty much everybody's toothbrush... Uh, is all plastic, so switching to a wooden one, wood is obviously um, a natural product, so it'll, you know, when, when that gets thrown out, and even if it gets added to the landfill, it's gonna break down into the planet uh, a lot easier and a lot faster than plastic. So switching to a wooden toothbrush is a great idea. I wanna piggyback off of the generic one where I said thrift or buy secondhand. So uh, I just want to also say thrifting is amazing and buying secondhand is amazing. And that is one way to do it. However, if you don't like to purchase secondhand things, which I don't understand that. But if you're just one of those people that doesn't like to purchase secondhand and you like to buy new. um, If you want to be more environmentally friendly, instead of going to, you know, fast fashion stores and buying, you know, maybe five different tops that you like. That are just going to fucking fall apart in the next couple months to a year and you're just going to throw out. They can't even be donated because they're so shit try investing in one product that's going to last you for a few years, if not more, that will then hold its condition. And then once you're done with it, or once, you know, you don't want to wear it anymore, it can then be donated and someone else can then wear it. And hopefully it lives a longer life cycle because usually clothing that is more expensive is better quality and it will have a longer lifetime. Uh, So if you're not willing to thrift, Think about reducing the amount of items that you purchase and investing in more in more quality pieces. And the last one I want to talk about today is switching to a four-day work week. So I did a little bit of reading on this the other day, but there are quite a lot of countries around the globe that have switched to a four-day work week. So uh, all of the employees are still paid their full-time salary or whatever they're on. They just switch to four days. So instead of doing 38 hours a week, they do 32 hours a week. And there are so many benefits to this and I'll list a couple of them. Less car fumes because people are driving to and from work less. There are less medical products used up because working a five-day work week and only having two days off a week can be really exhausting. And so you can get really run down with that. And so instead of having, you know, maybe an extra day to recuperate because you don't, you've only got a two-day weekend. People take sick days and then they get headaches and they take medicine. There are a lot less medical products being used and like on people that are just run down from work and more medical products that can go towards people who are sick for other reasons. And apparently it has uh, been proven to improve efficiency and uh, the progression rate in within a company. Like, and I completely understand that. Like if you're in a role where you can only do so much within a certain amount of time and say you have five days to work, maybe you're one of these people that smashes it out in three and a half days. And then the next two days are just so fucking boring for you. And so and so, what you could smash out in those three and a half days, you prolong over the five-day work week. But essentially, but because you're prolonging it, maybe you overthink things, maybe the idea, you know, you decide to scrap even though it's a really great one. Um, okay, so I've just Googled work pressure theory because I'm pretty sure that's what I was looking for. And I think I found what I'm looking for. But the first thing that I'm reading off Google says This theory assumes that the effort at work is spent as part of a psychological contract based on the norm of social reciprocity, where effort spent at work is paid with rewards provided in terms of money, esteem and career opportunities. From my understanding, trying to put that into more simpler terms is people work better when they're put under a bit more pressure and maybe five days for your work is too long. And so doing everything in four days is going to result in efficiency and then also as well as because you have three days off, you get to recuperate more, there are less sick days and you come back to work feeling more refreshed and more, I guess, motivated and energized to go again. And also then there's also the psychological aspect of knowing that you've only got to work four days instead of five days, there are also those benefits. So yeah, switching to a four-day work week instead of a five-day work week, if you can convince your directors, uh, there are a lot of benefits. So I think that's pretty much all I have to talk about. So I think that's pretty much all I have to say for this episode. Uh, It was really interesting talking to you guys about these controversial uh, ways to be environmentally friendly at home. I, as I said, have implemented a lot of these into my life already. And the ones I haven't, I plan to implement someday soon. I think the discussion on reusable toilet paper is a really interesting one. And, you know, maybe with the whole everything fucking everything's just crazy these days anyway who knows it might become like a trending thing and it might be the new normal in 10 years who knows you know who knows honestly i'm no fucking expert obviously i'm just some girl who's a nobody in adelaide so (laughs) (laughs) to those of you who are listening thank you so much for listening i do appreciate it and i do i am genuinely loving having a podcast um a couple of my friends have found me and they have told me that they are enjoying it. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to continue with this. Uh, I do enjoy it. So if you are listening, thank you. And I'll talk to you in my next episode. Bye.